2: Only the best drivers win there, so there was only ever going to be one winner of the 2023 Japanese Grand Prix. Max Verstappen comes out of the final corner for the final time. Max Verstappen wins the Japanese Grand Prix. Red Bull are champions of the world for the sixth time. They take the Constructors' title for the second year in a row,
3: the sixth time in team history. Let's go, guys. (laughs) Another win. What an unbelievable season we are having. Uh, You can all be very proud here at the track, back at the factory. You got build a, a rocket ship of a car. Well done.
2: After a blip in Singapore last weekend, where Max Verstappen finished only fifth, he was back to his very best in Japan. Pole on Saturday by the largest margin at the track for 19 years then domination on Sunday. It was a fitting way for the team to kick off its Constructors' Championship celebrations. F1 Nation is coming to you from the heart of the Suzuka paddock with me, Tom Clarkson, Damon Hill and Natalie Pinkham. And let's kick off the show by hearing from the man himself, Max Verstappen. Max, you've won a lot of races this year. You've dominated a lot of races this year. How sweet was this one?
3: Yeah, I think it was um, a good race. Of course, the the start was a bit tight in the first two corners. I saw in the right mirror that, of course, Oscar had a little bit of a jump on me. But at the same time, I saw in my left mirror that Lando had a, a real jump on me. And then I tried to, of course, close off Oscar. But then, I mean, he was still there. And then I saw on the left side Lando coming with a lot more speed. He then moved a bit to the right. And I was like... I can't, I can't go more to the right. <laughs> so it's like trying to get straight. And um, yeah, luckily, of course, you know, nothing happened. It, it all got quite close, but I, that's that's racing. That's how it goes at the start. And then, of course, we had a good battle also into turn one, into turn two. Uh, I was lucky. I think there was a bit more grip in turn two, just on the normal line, instead of trying to go around the, the outside. But after that, um, yeah, the car was very nice to drive again. I could really look after the tie as well. The degradation was quite in control. It's just been an incredible weekend to to drive the car.
2: And what about this Constructors' Championship, Max? Uh, the team has won it with six races to go. Does this title
3: feel different to last year? Yeah, it's better, for sure. I mean, the car has been more dominant this year, apart from Singapore, but all the other races that, you know, we've had a really, really good car. And it's just an incredible season for everyone involved, you know, within the team. And uh, yeah, just very proud to be a part of it, but also very proud, you know, to be working with all these amazing uh yeah people here at the track but also especially back at the the factory as well you know these people you might not see at the track but you know they are doing also a lot of hard work you know to make sure that our cars always are in the best shape get developed you know throughout the year and also be best prepared for for the year after just wow guys just
2: wow they've done it the inevitable happened but what a way to do it
4: I know, still six races to go. Congratulations to Red Bull on what has just been a phenomenal season and magnificent team effort all round. Although we'll get on to Sergio Perez in a minute. You'd have to say this was all driven by one guy and one guy alone. That is Max Verstappen.
0: It's a great performance, as you said, Tom. You know, the, the Red Bull performance and Max. The combination is, is unbeatable,
2: literally is unbeatable. It's the way they bounce back from Singapore as well. It mean, was it's only
4: a week ago. I know. That feels like a lifetime, <laughs> doesn't it?
2: <laughs> but there was such a message of intent from the get-go here, wasn't there? What was it? Max's first lap in first free practice was 1.5 seconds quicker than anyone had gone (laughs) at that point. And uh, you just knew from that moment on.
4: He was so keen to make that statement of intent, anyone, any doubt as to why they had that drop off in performance in Singapore, nothing to do with the technical directive, everything to do with the configuration, the layer of the circuit. And this is a very different one here in Suzuka. And we are delighted to be joined by Jonathan Wheatley, just rushing into shot. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Are you feeling Thank you. exhausted? I mean, honestly, delighted. a little bit
5: bemused. It was a bit of a busy day. I don't know if you noticed, but <laughs> one side of the garage, we were rebuilding it. Oh, The other side, we were trying to do pit stop. So, yeah. Amazing.
4: Before we bask in the glory of of Max's dominance, not just here, but all season, can you just tell me about what happened with Sergio? Because it was a really strange... I've never seen that before in Formula One, where you effectively retired it, but you were allowed to bring him back into the race in order to serve the penalty.
5: You have that hanging over you, the penalty, so the stewards can decide to give you a grid place penalty at the next event. So you really have no choice but to get the car back together if you can, serve the penalty this race, and then you don't have to serve it again the next one.
4: Well, that's certainly I think worth of doing. everything, but
2: yeah. operationally, the team seems to have been so strong this year. Do you think you've taken a step from last year? When you have a season like this, everyone raises their game, and then it's incredible, and it's a joy to work in a team like this. Well, look, many congratulations, Jonathan. You, Travel safe. You've got to go. You've got to go. Lovely Jonathan Wheatley, the sporting and here comes director. Christian. There. So we've now come down the paddock. We are stood outside the Red Bull Hospitality Suite, and now, when uh, I the Chief.
4: Well, when I interviewed him on Sky, he was dry. He's now wet again with some more champagne. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Congratulations though, amazing. Uh, no,
6: thank you, thank you. I mean, uh, uh, the most amazing performance by the team and uh, uh, you know, just a great weekend and the best possible way to win this Constructors' World Championship.
2: How much sweeter, if it
6: is, is
2: this Constructors' Championship compared to last year?
6: they all mean a great deal, and I, but this one to do it so early with such an incredible car. I just think the way that the team's been operating this year, the level throughout the company, and of course it's all the backroom jobs, all the, the men and women that, that go you know that extra yard because it's the biggest team sport in the world and uh, it's not just about what you see here at the track, it's what goes on behind the scenes, which enables us to have these amazing cars and of course the drivers and particularly Max to do what he's done this year. You've been here since the beginning. Is this the best that Red Bull Racing has ever been? Undoubtedly. I think the way the team's operating at this point in time, I think across the whole team, you need everything to be working in unison um, and there to be the right spirit, the right culture. And of course, the one common thing that we have is everybody's invested in the car, and and that is the result.
0: Christian, at what point, if ever, do you think Oh, I'd like to see a bit more of a race at the front, you know, between another rival team competing with your brilliant driver, Max, and maybe Sergio as well, you know, um, but it, not detracting anything. But this has been the theme of the year. It's been total dominance. And this weekend right, it has, again, and
6: I think, you know, our job as a team is always to do the best that we can. And and if that means that we're we're able to beat the field by 20 seconds, I mean, I played a game at paddle tennis with Max on on uh, Wednesday, and he was so motivated coming into this weekend. He said, I'm going to win the race by 20 seconds. He didn't. He did it 19.3. 19.3. 19.3. I mean, yeah. he was 7.10 short, on. but he did remind sorry, me there was a blue flag, <laughs> you know, with a couple of laps to go. So, um, but you know, you could tell from that first lap that he turned up. That first flying lap, he was 1.8 seconds on a hard set of tires quicker than anybody. He, he came here with uh, the bit between his teeth for sure.
4: Who won a paddle tennis? Well,
6: uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass GP or Pierre, but Max and I did take him down in the tie break. So uh, I think that helped fire him up for the weekend.
2: I like your strategy there. Look,
6: hey, what are the celebrations? Is Milton Keynes going to come to a standstill again this year? We'll get everybody together in Milton Keynes when we get back, but the job's only half done so far. So we've got the constructors. We've still got the drivers to finish off. We can do that in Qatar and then... uh, you know, we'll get everybody together at the end of the year for a, you know, for a great celebration. But the most important thing is to enjoy the moment. And um, this is a very special moment for our team.
0: And you you've never very done good. one two before, have you? So you need. No, to we've that. never, yeah.
6: we've never achieved that, Damon. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm
0: just reminding you. There's still stuff
2: out there on the table.
6: <laughs> so uh, you know, Checo, he'll bounce back after a weekend. He had a horrible weekend. Or a horrible race today, but uh, he'll, you know, he'll bounce back. i You you raised the subject of Checo. I didn't want to because this is meant to be a celebratory interview. But
2: he struck me as slightly desperate today. Is that is that harsh?
6: I think after he got sort of concertinaed at the start, then, you know, then he got, uh, you know, Nick for overtaking um, Fernando into the pit lane, and um, and his whole race was unraveling from there. And then the move on Kevin was a little optimistic. Um, the only good thing for Checo was we managed to serve the penalty here. The mechanics did a great job to get that car repaired so that he could serve the five-second penalty here and not have the potential of it being rolled forward into uh, into the next round.
4: Damon and I had one question while we were sitting watching the race. <laughs> Damon's looking at me like, "Really, what?"
6: Yeah, did you bring in Checker
0: because you hadn't got enough front wings? We were wondering whether you, if you had a spare for Max in case he needed no, it. No, we had.
6: We, we, we did had have enough just to just okay. to cover, but uh, that's quite a lot of front wings. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, you know, he's done quite a bit of damage today, and so it's picking up the pieces and. Seeing what we can glue back together for, for Qatar in a couple of weeks. You know,
4: I'm going to be bold enough to say, though, that Max Verstappen could win this without front winning at all. He'd be fine. Uh,
6: I think he's got to finish in sixth place in uh, the sprint race to, uh, to close it out. So, um, and only a Red Bull driver can win it. So that's a nice position to be in. Well done, well done Christian. Christian. Thanks so a lot.
4: Christian, thank you so um, much
6: for your time. Wow
2: fantastic performance by max by the car it's like the rb19 was in its natural habitat here at suzuka and it's certainly this you know you said pinks a couple of weeks ago that when you're asked you know i only go to one race a year which one's it going to be it could be zandvoort i, th- I can't remember where else he said but you definitely said zandvoort we were previewing off a few. yeah but for me it is suzuka if you love formula one Suzuka is the place to come. Suzuka
0: is a place of huge history. Um, It just so happens that it was 75 years ago today that Honda, the Honda Honda Motor Company was formed. And that's why we have Suzuka and they own this circuit. They just won the Constructors' Championship. The poor things, they keep having a go and trying to win it outright with their own name on it. But uh, they are the people who contributed and provided the power units to red bull and also to yuki and and um and also to liam lawson who's done a good job and, and checker but can so- i ask
4: you a question though damon how do you feel coming here because it must stir up a lot of emotion for you well they've changed the back end of it now I
0: mean, the circuit's virtually the same they changed 130r and that's about it when i raced here um in 94 when they had that terrible downpour. it was it was like it was last year actually it was it was almost a huge storm and you couldn't see it was almost dark by the time we got the race underway we went down into turn one and two and it's got a huge grandstand around turn one and two and by the time we did the start it was almost dark and we went into the grandstand and all these people they didn't have phones in those days they had real cameras that with flashes on them these cheap throwaway things and the whole grandstand just lit up with all these flashes, these flash bulbs going off. And I'm literally going around the first corner thinking, wow, look at that. <laughs> no, it was dazzling. So mem- the memories I have from this place are huge. The, the old garages um, that have now been demolished to make room for these slightly more plush, accommodating hospitality units. Um, it's still pretty makeshift, but they were very small garages and it was very cramped. You'd, you only had, well, you know, a small alleyway to get up and down, didn't you, Tom? So everyone bumped into each other, tripping over, flight cases around the back of the, the garages so and everyone felt it was a, it was like a home from home you know everyone felt they were a long way from home they had to put up with the conditions that were quite quite cramped um, but these dramatic events happened at this circuit like you know you can go back through history here it's it's huge the history of this circuit
2: look what about Sergio Perez with your racing driver head-on I said to Christian I felt it smacked of desperation.
4: Overdriving, do you feel? Mm.
2: What did you think of Perez today? Something
0: went wrong and he then got into trouble um, in the first corner and then he f- I think a little bit of the frustration did creep in and it got worse and worse and the, the, the thing on Magnussen was, was really, you know, desperation and he was perhaps a little bit annoyed with
2: being where he was. Damon, it raises the question, doesn't it, that if it is a closer championship fight next year, yeah. Red Bull is going to need two drivers on their books who are delivering week in, week out. Chaco can't perform like he did today if that is the case.
0: No, he can't. And I think the team desperately wants uh, a little bit more of a wingman for Max. You know, they, they know that Max is almost untouchable, but... Do you remember when Michael Schumacher dominated Ferrari, and nobody could cope with being number two to, to Michael? You know, and I remember um, Ross Braun saying to, I think it was Eddie Irvine, he said, "Listen, you can't beat him. You just do the best you can. All right? Can't don't, be don't try him. and just be you know, a teammate." Which is anathema to a racing driver to hear that. But you know, you're going to meet someone in this game who is exceptional and probably above your ability, unless you are Senna. You know, Hamilton, Max Verstappen, and I'll name all the rest of the greats, Fangio or whoever you want, Jim Clark. You know, there are these people who just are so difficult to beat. All you can do is get close and do a good job for the team.
2: And for the second time in seven days, Lando Norris is heading to the podium in second position. What a superb weekend for him and McLaren because it's not just one driver crossing the line to take a podium position, it's the man that they brought to the team, someone controversially at the time, but my word, it was the right decision. For the first time in Formula One, Oscar Piastri takes his place on the podium
7: in just his 16th Grand Prix. Uh Aha, that's how we do it, that's how we do it. Congratulations, guys. Double podium, two of us up there, we're coming. We're coming for Red Bull. Well done, everyone. First podium. remember that for uh, a long time. So, thank you very much. Uh, Very well managed.
2: Lando, coming to you now. Um, Another fantastic race for you and McLaren. How does this week's second place compare to last
7: week's? Uh, A lot less stressful, (laughs) especially the last five, ten laps. But just, I would say better, because we have two cars on the podium. So, from team side of things, yes, I'm I'm much happier. You know, our first one since uh, Monza a couple of years ago, a few years ago, but probably in a way like almost deserved in terms of we're there on pure pace, nothing had to go our way. We're just where we deserve to be. So yeah, an incredible day um, for everyone, but also also for myself. Things went, maybe not always the plan, but the pace was extremely strong. Couldn't challenge Max, maybe for half a class, he got into the lead for maybe half a second. So I'll take that, but uh, in a way it feels better because... The pace was stronger. I could push and um, we were where we deserved to be. So a good job by, by the whole team to execute a, a perfect race. You say
2: you're where you deserve to be.
7: Was the 19 second
2: gap to Max what you were expecting pre-race?
7: No, I was I was expecting him to probably lap us two or three times <laughs> and he didn't. So, I mean, I was expecting probably a bigger gap. I, I was genuinely, I think probably, I think we all were as a team. And I think it would have been a lot closer. Uh, I lost eight, 10 seconds behind Perez under the VSC. So I, mean, I don't know how, how hard Max was really pushing. I'm sure he could have gone a bit quicker if he wanted to, but to be only 19 seconds behind, he didn't get a free pit stop, which was lovely. And uh, yeah, I think it's just signs of our progress. Is a track which has suited the car very well. I've been very comfortable since Friday to push and get in a good rhythm. And I think that's probably uh, one of the most important things here is to to feel comfortable with the car, get in a good rhythm. And I could do that yesterday and I could do it today. And, and that shows with our speed, we're able to... To perform at. So another podium for us, great result, load of points. The progress we made this season has been been pretty incredible from from my eyes and uh, from where we were to finishing 18 seconds behind the lead and 90 seconds is, I think, uh, evidence of exactly that. So I'm proud of everyone and we'll, we'll keep pushing. Thank you, Lando. Well done. Oscar,
2: coming to you, what a weekend it's been for you. You re-sign for McLaren, you start on the front row for the first time and you get your first Formula One podium. Can you sum it up for us?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a, a pretty special week. Um, obviously, with the announcement of the extension and then um, qualifying in the front row yesterday, first podium today, it's been a, a very fun fun week. So, um, you know, I think for myself, probably wasn't my, my strongest Sunday. So there's still a few things I want to work on. But to get the, the first podium, like Lando said, on, on pace as well, is um, a very exciting moment.
2: Oscar, can we just delve a little bit deeper into you say it not being your strongest Sunday? Were there any particular issues that you can tell
1: us about? Um, I, I just wasn't quick enough at, at certain points of the race. I think um, you know, these these high deg races are probably the the biggest thing I need to try and work on at the moment. I think it's it's still quite fresh for me, obviously, in all the, the junior racing before this, there's there's no races like this, so the only way you can learn from it is by just doing the races. So, definitely a few things. You know, had I had this race again, I would have done a bit different. But that's all part of the the learning. So, um, exciting to know that we can we can finish on the podium, uh, even even if I feel like there's there's more to come. And would you have done anything differently at the start? Can you just talk <laughs> us through what happened there? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, looking back on it now, I was in the perfect position to emulate Senna and Prost. Like, literally perfect. But no, I think, you know, I saw I got a good launch, got a bit too excited on the throttle pedal in the second part of the, the start. And um, yeah, at, at that point, I, I knew I wasn't far enough alongside Max. I could see Lando was, was coming around the outside. So yeah, I think settling for third was definitely the, just the safest option at that point.
2: Let's start by discussing McLaren's best day of the season so far in a little bit more detail. With McLaren team principal Andrea Stella, Andrea, what a super day for the team! Best result
8: of the season so far. Just, how do you sum up that performance? Well, that performance is uh, a consequence of having been able to develop the car. First of all, we said uh, in the team after Bahrain, you know, if we want to start to lean on podiums, we need to improve a if We want to start seriously to become a podium contender. We need to improve one second. If we want to win races, we need one and a half second. We can achieve this only if we outdevelop our competitors and in the meantime, fix some of the faults that we have and improve our operations track side. So that was the roadmap, if you want. Every team will have this roadmap. So now the problem was, how do we make it possible? There's been just um, phenomenal work by every single member of the team. And in particular, I would like to mention the aerodynamic department, led by Peter Prodromo. They have really found great inspiration as to what the directions to be pursued were. And then uh, all United, they went behind this direction. And when you have 100 people kind of, you know, rowing in the same direction, then uh, incredible things can happen. And I think they made it possible. And then all teams supported with design, production, logistics and so on. How much further ahead are you than Bahrain then? Have you found that second? Yeah, I think um, numbers in end, I think uh, thanks to the developments in Austria and the developments we took to Singapore plus some other minor uh, upgrades, this could be more or less the scale of the improvement throughout the season. Uh, this improvement depends on the track, obviously. So, uh, But I think um, realistically, here to be the second best team, you needed to be one second quicker than uh, when we were in Bahrain. So, pretty much, I think the maths is correct. And while we're talking seconds, coming into this race, did you think
2: 19 seconds behind Max Verstappen would be where you would expect to
8: be, or did you think the gap would be bigger by the end of the race? So, uh, saved that we don't know how much Max effectively pushed. I think he could have uh, he could have gone faster and make this gap. Uh, uh, even bigger than 19 seconds. At the same time, Lando lost some time uh, under the virtual safety car. You know, we, we remain realistic as to how much work we have to do. I think even looking at yesterday's qualifying uh, and we're not like we, we tried hard and still we were six tenths behind Max. I think today between 15 and 20 seconds for us is a positive surprise. We thought we would be farther away from uh, Red Bull, and we thought we would be in, definitely in contention with Ferrari and Mercedes, but we have to say that today we had uh, a bit more pace than Ferrari and Mercedes. So good news, but it's Suzuka suits our uh, car, so we go to Qatar and things are reset. Do you believe in momentum in this sport and do you think McLaren has it now? Um, I'm not sure it's about momentum because it was much more important to generate uh, the impulse, how you say, the the initial momentum, when actually we're uh, at the back. So that's been the real difficult thing to instigate, to put in motion if you want. Uh, I think once you put these things in motion, then uh, uh, yeah, you generate enthusiasm, you you generate uh, so many good feelings in the organization. But the most uh, important thing is to actually have the technical direction, I would say. Which is what I really would like to you know, praise all the people that have made this possible. Neil Holdi, in addition to Peter Prodromo, Pierstein, Gilles Ferran, Giuseppe Pesce, our director of aerodynamics. You know like there's so many marking um, so many people that have been so instrumental what about andrea stella in that list what's been your influence uh, for me um, where andrea stella is is in a very privileged position because i could rely on uh, this kind of uh, calibers uh, around me i was also lucky enough that they are not only incredible from a technical point of view but they are a great Human beings, great people, you know, like which allowed me, Zach, uh, Daniel Gallo, our chief people officer, to create a foundation that is not only technical operation, Formula One, but is a group of people, is a group of humans that, uh, you know, uh, think strongly about the culture, the values behind uh, what we are doing, not only how do we achieve uh, one point of extra downforce. And I think, if you want, that's one of the... um, I would almost say that the non-technical element is potentially the most precious, the most important behind this turnaround. The gap to Aston Martin, 49 points. You've got six races can you do it as i keep saying like uh, our philosophy is that uh, results take care of themselves we just need to do what is right what is right in the short term medium term long term i know that uh, everyone at mclaren will not be they will not need me saying or us saying like ah oh, we need to go and catch us and they will say we are already pushing 100% you know and actually i don't want anybody to think that like, we need to shortcut Let's keep the rigorousness, let's keep the methodical approach that we have had so far and uh, then we see at the end where we are. It'll certainly help that both your drivers are firing on all cylinders at the minute. They are firing on all cylinders. I mean, with Lando, that's no surprise at all. Uh, But I would like to acknowledge that uh, Oscar is in his rookie season. Like, you know, he came to Suzuka and it was the first time he drove the Formula One in Suzuka and here he was... uh, you know, relatively good conditions on Friday, then yesterday was a bit tricky, today was hot, the wind changed direction, like there's so much that you need to adapt to. And he did it like it was uh, an experienced and seasoned driver. So this is great for Oscar, this is also great for Lando, because it's very useful when you have references. From your teammate, and it's good for us because we are scoring strong with both drivers, and this is um, very important for our uh, classification. Certainly is Andrea. Thank you and well done. Thank you. I mean, Oscar Piastri has had a
4: hell of a weekend. Absolutely phenomenal. When you consider he's never driven this track in a Formula One car, he comes out, and puts it on the front row, and then is able to convert that in a very calm way to his first podium in Formula One, and he did it in such a considered way. I mean, didn't he didn't. Didn't even seem like he's really celebrating. I mean, this guy is one cool cat. And he's doing it with a cold as
2: well. With a cold? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. he, was... he hasn't give it to me, have he? Because I forgot of <laughs> a
0: sore throat You sound coming. like you're misfiring a bit. I am a bit. I think it's the air conditioning. <laughs> but anyway, yes, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? That, that Yeah, he's, he turned up. And I remember commenting. I think I might have said it's an athlete, actually. I was watching the footage. And this is the guy who's not been around this circuit, as far as I know. And certainly he hasn't been around in a Formula One car. He's only been on the simulator. But he was putting his outside wheel on the edge of the track to perfection using every inch right early on, on on Friday. And I just was, I was super impressed with that. And I think that it shows he's got re- the real, the real stuff, the right stuff and the natural talent that you need to succeed in Formula One. And he's determined and he was also disappointed with his third place, even though it was his first ever Formula One podium. As he felt, I think, I'm sure he felt he, he wanted to consolidate his qualifying performance with a second
4: Now, we're joined by Bradley Lord of Mercedes. Great to have you with us, Bradley. We talked on Sky after the race, and you talked about damage limitations, salvaging something from this race. Is that kind of the main takeaway from you, that Lewis actually did a great job to put it in fifth?
5: Yeah, I think it's exactly that. I mean, we started seventh and eighth. Lewis got pushed onto the grass at the start. We lost a position to Alonso. He was on that soft tyre, so we knew he was going to drop off, but it cost us race time to the cars in front. So to then be able to work our way back and for Lewis to get fifth, we rolled the dice with George on the one stop to potentially, if the safety car came out a convenient moment or something else, be able to you know, be in the hunt for a very unlikely podium. Um, that didn't quite pay off, but I think we got the most out of it that we could have done today, ultimately with a car that wasn't quick enough.
0: In some ways, uh, Bradley, you can commiserate with Ferrari because you know the pair of you have been kind of put on, on the back burner, if you like, uh, with uh, McLaren suddenly popping themselves into the contention as well.
5: No, absolutely. I think, you know, it's been nip and tuck with Ferrari for much of the season. Some, some races we've been stronger, others they have been. Uh, McLaren have obviously made a, a big step, particularly at circuits like this, with the sort of cornering content we see here. We see at Silverstone as well, so that medium to high speed stuff. And we could see the difference between our cars and theirs and Verstappen's Red Bull as well, through the S's in particular. It just magnifies all of those features of their car and its qualities and some of our weaknesses.
0: Is it just a game of, we've got to wait till next year, because we can only do so much with this car this year?
5: Well, in the factory, we're already fully on next year, so there's no there's no ounce of development effort or um, you know aerodynamic resource, for example, going into 2023 anymore. We've still got some parts to come that are just coming through the production cycle. They'll land around Austin time, and then, um, yeah, the focus really at the track is how do we extract everything from this car in order to try and defend and hopefully extend our gap to get that p2 in the championship which obviously matters to everybody in the team so much quick word on george
2: how's he bounced back from singapore last weekend
5: he's bounced back really well Um, he had a really strong friday and was less comfortable with the car on saturday ultimately but i think today again we saw him racing hard you know up to the limit he was making passes on um other cars out there and then defending really strongly as well when he was on worn tires against fresher tired um, cars behind as well so no bounce back really strongly and i think
2: optimistic of uh, you know uh, an exciting run-in in terms of the last six races bradley thank you very much just before we finish on mercedes um lewis hamilton has come out and said that he knows what's wrong with this car and he has to go to the factory next week to check that the changes he wants Ooh. are being made what do you think the design team back in brackley make of that
4: well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's got to come from instinct and feel from the driver. They've obviously got to give a lot of feedback. A huge part of Lewis's involvement with the team is that feedback. And the fact that he signed a contract extension shows his commitment to them. The lead time on this development is a long one. So it's not like you can just ask for something and it be implemented straight away.
0: No, that's right. And uh, he's been full, so He's had to, without upsetting the apple cart, he's had to say, listen, I don't feel comfortable that the team's gone the right way I don't feel um, that this concept uh, which is a word that they don't like to use but Lewis uses it so we kind of get what he means the concept the way in which the car looks from the outside um, which uh, aerodynamicists are always telling us you shouldn't go on but the fact of the matter is they have changed their exterior aerodynamics around the body of the car and, and tried to make progress and the other teams, he's looking more like the other teams in Formula One now. But you can only do so much with a car that started off going in one direction. McLaren, of course, um, were very open about having, what I say, pulled the ripcord at the start of the season. They went, listen, we don't think this is the right way to go. We're gonna have to, we've got another direction to go in. And um, they did that earlier in the season and committed to it. And the upgrades they've had that have come since Austria have been constantly showing imp- uh, lots of room for improvement. And so that's really why they are where they are now compared to Mercedes and f- even Ferrari.
2: I know you guys have got to rush off to the airport now, but before you go, I need each of your driver of the day. The man Oscar Piastri, was, he, he won the vote on the telly. What do you think, Pink? Oh, I've got
4: to give it to Max. I mean, all weekend, he's just been on it from the get-go, going purple in FP1, he was... He had fire in his belly, didn't he? I mean, I just thought it was great. And and he took a great win for the team and took them to their sixth title. I thought it's got to go to Max.
0: It really does. I think, you know, everyone else is obviously putting in incredible performances. But the fact of the matter is it's easy to, to watch everyone else where the action is. But what he's done this season has been phenomenal and he's driven on another level and especially in qualifying. So it's, it was a 100% perfect weekend.
2: While we're talking drivers of the day, I'm not going to say Max Verstappen just to get some discussion points elsewhere. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go for Oscar because I think that guy is so unfazed by anything. and. and Somehow it feels right that he's had his first podium, his first front row at a driver's track like Suzuka, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the idea of driver of the day, how do you define it? Anyway, it is in some ways it's personal preference. And you can definitely say that his, his this was his weekend. His, this was his peak in Formula One, wasn't it? So Oscar is certainly an equal up there. With, but he's not up there with
2: Max yet. You yeah, know, but Damon, terms terms how good is he going to gonna be in five well, years' time? Uh, yeah. There's a long way to go.
0: You know, there's twists and turns in this game. Someone said once, sport is not about building characters, it's about showing character, you know? And there's gonna be hard times and it's how those people deal with hard times and, and all the other things. When it goes wrong, we have a bad weekend, they all have it, you know? And it's how
2: they cope with the disappointment as much as how they can uh, deliver on the day. Great words of wisdom from the 96th world champion. Look, Damon talking of twists and turns, you've got to head to the airport. Thank you very much to you and Pinks. Travel safe and we'll speak soon. Yeah, thank you. So Damon and Natalie have gone. They're heading home from the land of the rising sun. And you've got me until the end of the show. Uh, There's still plenty to discuss in this race. What about the team that McLaren are chasing in the Constructors' Championship, Aston Martin? I can see their team principal, Mike Crack, in the Aston hospitality area. Mike, after the disappointment of Singapore, is it a relief to be back in the points seat? Yes, it
9: is a relief. Because um, a lot of people wrote us completely off after Singapore, which was uh, not not right. Um, but uh, I think it's important that we have, we were back here, maximizing what what we have, uh, which we have achieved today with Fernando. But we also have to see that uh, we had a reliability glitch on Lance's car, and we could only finish with one car. What happened on Lance's car? Can you elaborate? We saw um, after a couple of laps that there was uh, we had an issue on the rear wing, and uh, we brought the car in at one point uh, to check it because we were not 100% sure and uh, we saw that uh, we have to stop.
2: So what about your racing car at the minute? Fernando, as you say, is back in the points. You were maximizing what you had. How much more is there to
9: come between now and the end of the year? You know, this is one of the most difficult questions because you see, when you look when you look back, you know, over the last races, it's very difficult to make predictions. You know, at the beginning we thought, you know, you look at this track or this track, you know, here I'm going to be a bit better, here I'm going to be a bit worse. But uh, the last races have really told us, you know, that any team can be on the back foot any time. We've seen it in Singapore uh, with the guys that, be, that have be, get, got the championship today. We have seen uh, in Monza, we were uh, less competitive. We have seen in Sanford, Ferrari was less competitive. So it's it's going up and down, uh, I think, for everybody. And it's really difficult to predict what's going to happen from now till the end.
2: Mike, what is the mood in the team at the minute? Because you had such a strong start to the year. This isn't where you were. How are people feeling? Is is there? Are you having to motivate the troops at the minute?
9: Um, they are surprisingly uh, strong, uh, all of them, um, especially in the garage. You can see really, you know, everybody wants to get back to the podiums. So everybody liked liked this experience from the beginning of the year. So. the the morale is strong and uh, it is something you know that we need to keep up also yeah but also we need to uh, not only talk about it we need to bring uh, upgrades we need to bring our car uh, into back into a better window and uh, then the morale is anyway good lando
2: norris said after the race yeah we can beat aston martin in the constructors championship what is the gap i think it's
9: 49 points what are your thoughts yeah, we cannot say what happens from, from now to, to the end. You know, We have also no influence of, of, of what they are doing, so we need to maximise our own package at all times in each, in each session to get the maximum out of it and, and try to make it a fight in the last race. Do you think Qatar will be as strong, better, when you look at the layout of the track? It's, uh, it's a difficult question because I think there is also a complete new surface. Uh, I think they have rebuilt almost the whole facility Uh, I think it will smell a lot of paint when we arrive there and then depending also on you know how how many bumps are there how smooth is the surface and this will dictate a little bit how you can set up and explore your car and this will also then uh, lead to you know are you competitive or less competitive so we really have to see it's really difficult to predict thanks very much thanks for your time
2: Now, when you consider where that team was earlier in the year with Alonso scoring seven podiums, most recent one coming uh, in Zandvoort just a few races ago, but it seems a little bit crazy that the team got the maximum from the car here at Suzuka and Alonso only finished eighth. But that is the reality at the moment. And they're going to be looking in their rear view mirrors at McLaren for the remainder of the year. Have no doubt about that. Now, one team that we haven't mentioned yet is Ferrari. After their sublime weekend in Singapore, just seven days ago, things were a little bit more tricky for them here. And significantly, Charles Leclerc had his best weekend since the summer break. He out-qualified Carlos Sainz for the first time and he came home in a fighting fourth place. As Andrea Stella said, Ferrari didn't have the legs of McLaren here, but they had a positive weekend and their tyres didn't degrade excessively on one of the most demanding circuits of the year. So that is very definitely a positive. So to come home in fourth and sixth is a good result for the guys and girls in Maranello. And what about Alpine? Huge frustrations for the team at Monza when the car wasn't competitive. Then there was Esteban Ocon's retirement from a points paying position in Singapore last weekend with a gearbox failure. And then here at Suzuka, acting team principal Bruno Fama said that they're no longer looking at the Constructors' Championship, just taking each race as it comes. So for both cars to come home in the points in the Japanese Grand Prix was huge. Ocon in ninth and Gasly in tenth. And here is one of those drivers. Esteban Ocon, I don't know how you got back in the points today. Can you explain it to me?
10: Yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty crazy, a pretty insane race, um, if you would have told me after. The start and being on three wheels that we would have got into the points, um, I would have told you, no way. But uh, we've made it happen. Um, did a good uh, one-stop uh, strategy. We because I only had you know two sets of hard left in my allocation. So you know we made it work. We pushed hard, uh, get the track position, and finish P9. So uh, very good reward for for the team in general because it's been. Yeah, a tough, uh, tough weekend in terms of performance, but uh, yeah, to get, uh, to get points has been special. How hard was it to get that one-stop strategy to work? Yeah, it was mega hard. I think uh, I whispered to the tyre to make sure that uh, they were going to last, and uh, we made them last, so it was good. After the disappointment of Singapore,
2: where you were going so well until the gearbox failure, is this a relief, or what, what does this, is this a statement of intent? Just,
10: what does this mean, this result? But it means that I'm, I'm not going to give up, you know, doesn't matter what, what has happened um, in Singapore, we were going to get good points, of course, but, you know, I don't care, I'm not going to lift off until I get, uh, you know, some, some good results and, uh, and what we deserve. So pleased for you, thank you so much for your time.
2: So the top 10 looks like this. Max Verstappen takes win number 13 of the year, coming home 19 seconds ahead of Lando Norris in second, and Oscar Piastri in third, this being Piastri's first podium in Formula One. Charles Leclerc is fourth for the third race in a row, with Hamilton, the lead Mercedes driver, in fifth. Carlos Sainz is sixth, with the one-stopping George Russell in seventh. Alonso is eighth for Aston Martin, with the Alpines of Ocon and Gasly rounding out the top ten. In the Drivers' Championship, runaway leader Max Verstappen has reached the grand total of 400 points, 177 clear of his teammate Sergio Perez in second place. Hamilton is third, just 33 points behind Perez, with Alonso fourth. The Ferrari drivers of Sainz and Leclerc are fifth and sixth, and Lando Norris has joined George Russell on 115 points in seventh with Oscar Piastri leapfrogging into the top 10 on 57 points, 10 points clear of Lance Stroll in 10th place. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull Racing are the champions, the kings of 2023. Their total of 623 points cannot be caught, and they're 318 points ahead of Mercedes in second place, who are just 20 points. Ahead of Ferrari in third. Aston Martin are fourth, 49 points ahead of McLaren in fifth. Alpine are sixth on 84 points, while Williams Haas, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri didn't score in Japan, so their positions remain unchanged in seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth, respectively. Well, it's been a fantastic weekend here at Suzuka. Formula One cars doing what they do best, all in a cauldron of excitement created by the magnificent Japanese fans. It really has been a sensational weekend. Red Bull Racing, of course, claiming their sixth Constructors title, second one in a row. It's just been phenomenal. I think the party is still going on further down in the paddock. I think their freight might be a little bit late to the airport. Uh, A little bit later this evening, but what a job by then. I think that's where we're going to leave it this week. Thank you very much for listening. We will, of course, be back next Monday with our preview of the Qatar Grand Prix. So we look forward to you joining us then. But for now, my thanks to Damon and to Natalie as ever. And of course, to you for listening. F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.